The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We are presented by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. My name is Ryan McCarthy. I'm one of your hosts, and to my right is a man who is equally cross as I am after he found out that Don Mattingly is not in the Baseball Hall of Fame, Dustin Henry. Dustin, how are you tonight? This is ridiculous. I was great. I was pretty good, you know. Until you told but me, I dropped that fact. truth bomb on you. <laughs> you did. You blew. You blew my mind. You blew my mind because I was telling you, Donnie Baseball is my favorite Yankee man. He he's he's my guy. He's my guy because I grew I grew up watching him, and my dad loved Don Mattingly. Um, dad's favorite Yankee is Mickey Mantle for always mm-hmm. and forever. Mine but, too. Mine too. Uh, well, they have they have good taste. I'd say both of them. Um, mm-hmm. but Donnie baseball was my guy. He was Mattingly was, he was the one that we were all rooting for when the Yankees went to that, that series, uh, against the Mariners in 95, everybody was yep. trying to get, get, get a championship for Donnie because he had toiled on these horrible teams while hitting the cover off the ball. And I submit that had he not had the injuries, the injuries that he had hampered his career, he would have been even better. But we yep. can always pontificate. But we need to talk to the baseball writers. You know, maybe maybe we can get the cred heads on this. Maybe they can start a campaign. We can say hashtag get Don Mattingly to the Hall of Fame. Mattingly to the Hall of Fame. I don't know. We had to come up with a catchy name. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, his eligibility, eligibility. The stupid eligibility rules with the Baseball Hall of Fame with the baseball writers. That, look. All right, I'm going to put it out there. Rob Manfred, praise the Lord, he will no no longer be the commissioner of Major League Baseball in 2029. But here I am. I'm going to put it out there to the YouTube-verse, to the podcast-verse. I'm putting it out there. Put me in as commissioner of baseball, and I will make sure that these dumb, stupid Baseball Writers (laughs) Association rules and with the eligibility for the Hall of Fame, get changed because there are several players from our generation who deserve to be in that Hall of Fame. Don Mattingly is one of them. Oh, yeah. So. yeah. I mean, and this is no disrespect. Uh, we talked about it a few weeks ago. Todd Helton is in the Hall of Fame. If Todd Helton is in the Hall of Fame, Don Mattingly should be there. I thought he was already it, – it just I just assumed he was in. That's why my mind was so blown. I can't believe nope. this. I can't believe no. this. This is an injustice. Yep, and I'm sure uh, Wise El Jefe, who has checked in, says hello, gentlemen. Good morning, uh, good evening to you, Wise. I uh, appreciate you stopping by. I will play that PSA, but I'm pretty sure he would agree with us that Don Mattingly not being in the Baseball Hall of Fame is probably one of the biggest. I would say, I would say, the biggest sports injustice injustices that's currently going. For sure, it's terrible. 
And by the way, I will play that PSA. (laughs) Always. (laughs) The following is a public service announcement from Wise El Jefe. Boston. This has been a public service announcement from Wise El Jefe. By God, that's Wise El Jefe's music. (laughs) (laughs) It sure is. It sure is. Well, we're going to get to the meat and potatoes, mm, meat and potatoes of this week's, uh, of this Tuesday edition. Uh, but first, we got to remind you on the uh, on the social media side, please follow us on our social media channels right down here below. Twitter, Instagram, and the, I guess, now scarcely used TikTok again. It's at NoCredsREQ, YouTube.com forward slash NoCredsREQ, YouTube.com forward slash at NoCredsREQ. And while you're at it, please give us a like comment share and subscribe to all of our social media channels that would help out help out a lot and also tell a friend let me with the sharing part tell a friend tell an enemy telegram yes yes even grams will probably watch this show or listen to the show while they're sleeping on the podcast side subscribe to the podcast on a myriad of podcast platforms including apple podcast spotify spreaker spreaker good pods wherever you podcast rate and review please have a five-star rating on the podcast side and also if you're on a platform where you can review this show please do and we might even write it, read it on the air because ratings and and reviews get more of the word out there we haven't had a review in a while so we're praying we're hoping you know please leave us a review and because we are a live show on tuesdays at 8 p.m and some sad some saturdays that uh, the football season's over the Saturday brunch edition will be uh, sporadically here and there, maybe twice a month. But because it's a live show on those days, we want to hear from you. We want your comments. And, and I know Dustin, you know, it's, it's always soothes my soothes my beastly soul uh, when I play that magical, magical sound. <laughs> it warms my icy heart. <laughs> yeah. So please engage with the show. We got plenty of comments in the comments section. Uh, wise is one of them, but we also got some some ladies in the chat, so it'd be awesome. It's awesome that they're here. But yeah. let's begin, Dustin, with All Star Games. And uh, I don't know if you pay attention to the NBA All Star Game this weekend, but or all, NBA All Star Weekend period between the slam dunk contest, the three point contest, the duel between uh, uh, between uh, Sabrina Ionescu and Stephon Curry, and also the game itself. It was largely forgettable because I forgot the All-Star game was going on. Uh, <laughs> apparently, the dunk contest was pretty forgettable and that there was no originality. Well, there was a lack of originality. And the fact that a G-Leaguer won the won the dunk contest again. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, don't know who, not the first time. No, back-to-back, uh, back actually. Um, I don't know who won the three-point contest. I personally don't care. And uh, Steph Curry beat uh, Sabrina Ionescu uh, only by three, uh, three points in their shootout. In their shootout, and then came the game itself. <laughs> Can you think guess what the final score of that game was, Dustin? Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna guess because uh, I cheated because you you did send me <laughs> a screenshot. So I I recuse myself from the line of questioning, sir. <laughs> All right. So let's put it this way. So. I, I put on my tw- on my personal Twitter. On my, my personal Twitter, I said I said, and I quote for myself, 
Uh, let me get bring a brief tweet real quick. And what I said on Sunday night was, I don't follow the NBA as much as I used to, but I still pay a little attention to the NBA All Star Game. And I had this observation: if one of these teams scores two hundred points tonight, I will not be shocked. At halftime, and this is the first. This is the first act of, a pl- of this play. All right, this is only the first act. Yeah. Second act. I post the. I I posted. I did. I did a quote tweet of that first tweet, with the, with the caption. Whoa, we're halfway there. Like I said, I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't carry tune very very well. Um, <laughs> the score at halftime was one hundred four. To 89 in favor of the Eastern Conference. I went to bed. Again, not carrying the world. I woke up just to check the score to see if my prediction had come true. And it came true. Final score. Eastern Conference. 211. <laughs> Western Conference. 186. And there it is. There it is. Color yeah. me shocked. Yeah. Which brought to my which 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 I said to myself, you know, have all these all now the original part of the All Star Game part I think the NHL if I remember correctly in the NHL is to raise money for an injured player who has suffered a brain I think he suffered a brain injury I think it was Howie Morenz uh, who suffered a brain injury during a game so they were paying for so the NHL uh, players are trying to raise money to for his hospitalization um, the. Major League Baseball, I believe, was for the World War II effort. I don't remember the Pro Bowl except for the fact that it used to be used to be NFL All Stars versus the Super Bowl winner, and then it changed to AFC versus NFC. Now it's just a flag. Now it's just a, literally a flag football game. And NBA All Stars, I don't remember. I don't. I don't know the origin. But I used to. I used to look forward to it every year. I used yeah. to forward to it, especially growing up in the in the uh, late eighties, early nineties, and I would say into the two thousands too. Mm-hmm. I used to look forward to it every weekend. I used to wait for the. I used to uh, hopeful to watch the highlights of the. I didn't have cable in the early nineties. I used to wait for the highlights of the slam dunk contest, the three point contest, to see who won, and then they had the game on NBC or uh, yeah, an NBC. Yeah, it used to be a whole weekend affair because I was playing basketball at that time. I was playing, I was playing, uh, I was playing, you know, backyard basketball just on the court, just random with some friends and my brothers. That's why I really cared about basketball. But I don't really care much for this anymore. And and I kind of wonder what this inflated score being the way it is. And I actually saw, I actually also saw a tweet from Scott Van Pelt of ESPN. Who said, I'm going to paraphrase this, but I think I got it right. I think I got the quote right. If you don't care, then we don't care. And he was saying it about the NBA All-Star game. And this is, this. remember, ESPN and ABC, they're what the broadcasters of the NBA. So I got to ask you, Dustin, and again, this is, this is the inflated score of this, of this basketball game. Have All-Star games, not just the NBA, but in other leagues, have they outlived their purpose? Well, if you're watching live, you saw me shake my head, so you already know my answer. But for the audio folks out there, the podcast diehards, I am among you. Um, yes, 
an emphatic yes, in my opinion, emphatic, uh, because, and I'm going to start with baseball here and, um, Mm-hmm. baseball back in the day you know even as far back as i believe the 70s 80s uh or um up to the 70s and 80s you you were excited to see the all-star game because it was going to be the first time that some of these titans from the national league played your favorite players from the mm-hmm. american league and um a lot of people still have strong feelings about which league is superior and but now that they've now that they've gotten rid of, you know, now that there's a, de- a DH in both leagues, that kind of has gone away because right there there's not the same feel. But the National League used to have a decidedly different feel because you had to you had to account for the pitcher hitting, or you had to try to find other ways to manufacture runs. Whereas you know, Edgar Martinez made a Hall of Fame career out of being a designated hitter. Um, mm-hmm. In the AL, for those on the Mariners, he was unbelievable. As he was the first DH of consequence that I can remember, but I know there were there were others before that. Harold Baines saw him get inducted to the Hall of Fame in 2019. Okay, yeah, class. it was a great yeah. class too. Yeah, yeah, well, that was a good cat class. But so in baseball, except for the World Series, you weren't going to see these stars play each other. And you could, you could create these dream matchups in your head, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but now with interleague play and stuff, the all-star game is no big deal. It's been rendered right. irrelevant. And then they tried to make it mean something for home field advantage, you know, in the, in the, in the world series. And it ended uh, the first year they tried that. It was Bud, Bud Selig was sitting there baffled. They didn't know what to do because it was a tie. Uh, there's just, a, yeah, the, 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 that was 2002. That was yeah, 2002. 2002, which we were just talking I, I never, about. And, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I yeah. remember what happened. The catch Tory Hunter went over the wall to steal a home run that was, 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 was actually going to be the go ahead home, the go ahead run for the national league that Barry Bonds hit. And I remember Barry Bonds rounding first and that was a third out of the inning. Yeah. And then Tory Hunter's coming in, and I see you see Barry Bonds pick up Tory Hunter, like jokingly carry him around, like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tory Hunter, man, he was so great. He was such a great center fielder for a while on those on those twins uh twins teams. And I think later he went to the Angels. Um, but but yeah, so that started with the baseball baseball because you used to be able to see Two teams, uh, the stars of each league play each other, but interleague play has largely rendered that moot. It doesn't. It doesn't have the same excitement anymore. And then you hit the nail on the head in in football. They don't want to get hurt, which I understand, but it's turned into just a flag football team. And then they add more to this backyard feel by having the team captains. The last few years, it's been the Mannings. It just, I don't care that. Honestly, the NFL one is the one I care the least amount about now. And mm-hmm. then um, the NHL All-Star Game, I rarely watch that. And NBA All-Star Game, I haven't watched I haven't watched in years. Um, but I will say that I still do enjoy All-Star Weekends, the respective ones. The Derby, I watch every year, especially mm-hmm. with some of the new format changes. I really like some of the new 
the new like the sudden death rules and things of that nature. I the Derby is is a good event. I like to watch it. Um, the NBA All Star Skills Competition. I'm with you, Ryan. I never missed that. I have not. Uh, the dunk contest was always the main attraction for me. I loved the three point contest, but the dunk contest was always the main attraction. And forgive me, I'm going a little long here, but I got to give credit where credit is due. Oh, oh, please do. Please do. I'm not always the biggest. I don't always. I have a lot of complicated feelings about one Stephen A. Smith, but he had an interesting point that I saw on uh, ESPN on his show. He blames the deterioration of the slam dunk contest directly on LeBron James. He correlates it exactly to LeBron James because, you know, and he, he, he was going back. He was going back through the years. You know, Spud Webb used to be in the uh, dunk contest. Jordan did it, I believe, three times. Um, mm -hmm. Even back, you know, early 2000s, late 90s, Vince Carter, when he was doing acrobatic stuff. Oh, my gosh. The, Vince Carter uh, was unbelievable. Yeah. It, the dunk contest, you there were those years where I think Tracy McGrady was in there. There were some mm -hmm. people that were some high flyers, and they were known for it, and they were stars for their respective teams. Mm -hmm. And everybody kept saying, LeBron, do do it. Like, we want to see you do it because say what you want about a LeBron James. Like I said, a lot of people have a lot of opinions, and that's their right. But the man can dunk. He can do a lot of things. It would have been amazing to see LeBron in his prime do the dunk contest, but when he bowed out and said, I'm not going to do it, a lot of other stars started to follow suit, and they're saying, you know, I'm not going to do it either. Why should I put myself at risk if nobody else mm -hmm. is going to be there? So, and this is no disrespect to some of the some of the players that have won before, but, but they're not, you know, even – I can remember years ago, Blake Griffin, he he came in before before injuries got him and he he jumped over a car and stuff. You know, people were doing things. Oh, that, and, that was yep, yep, that was yeah, he he jumped. Blake did a uh Blake did a version of that, and then there was also uh Nate Robinson used to used to uh, go into the dunk contest, and I mean Hats off to Nate for always giving it a shot and and doing some cool things, but but now it's just there's no there's not that much star power at the dunk contest anymore. Um, no. And I think years ago Zach Levine did a cool dunk where he blew out a lit cupcake on the rim. I can't re I can't remember, but I don't watch the dunk contest anymore. And that used to be like one of my favorite events. Now the three point contest I think has gone up in importance because. Some stars still do show up for that one. That's the one where you might see some people. And um, I, I was impressed with Sabrina Ionescu, her showing. She shot from the NBA three-point line, too. She's like, hey, I want to prove. And apparently this is something her and Steph talked about. They wanted to bring – Steph's a big WNBA guy. He, he has daughters. He feels it's important. He wanted to bring some uh, importance to it, some some new eyes upon it. And Sabrina did very well for herself. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, and then uh, let's see, which one did I not go over already? We did NBA, we did NFL, and we did uh, – oh, I think you went, I – You went through I, them all. Yeah, I think I hit them all because then the, the NHL skills competition, I would still watch that too. I like to watch the hardest slap shot. I like to watch some of the skating of the obstacle course. But if I miss it, 
I'm not going to lose sleep over it. The Derby is the one that I most reliably will watch. But the games, to me, irrelevant, largely irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, with I would say the one thing that keeps the interest in the Major League All-Star Game, Major League Baseball All-Star Game, is the Home Run Derby because it yeah. leads up to the main, to the All-Star Game itself. Yeah, uh, I would like to see the All Star Game start earlier mm-hmm. in the in in the night. I would like to see it start in prime time because prime time actually starts at seven p.m., not eight p.m. So I would like to see it start at seven p.m. because yeah, it's the summer. It's the summer. It's considered the summer classic. It's the summer classic. It's the, all this romanticism with baseball. We had the home run derby, and and the home. I I love the way I love the fact that they people were tuned in to the all to the home run derby and then major league baseball changed the format because it used to be you get so many you get a certain amount of outs and then you get yep. 10 outs and winner moves on to the next round now you get a certain time limit and if you hit a home run i think if you hit consecutive home runs or you hit a home run within i think the last 30 seconds you get an additional 10 seconds or five seconds added on yeah so that makes it more entertaining. Now, there is a thing. There is a thing where they would say, I think when Aaron Judge won it in 2017, 2018, like he he gassed himself out and he was doing so great. And then all of a sudden, after the All Star game, he starts. He doesn't. He's not the effective hitter as he was. But that's why he's not in the All Star game anymore. <laughs> but, but. I think the All Star. I think the format to keep people interested in the Home Run Derby that works because it's it, it it always it's always interested me. Home Run Derby has always mm. interested me. NHL they change things around with the skills competition, but the one thing that they've dared to do that other leagues haven't, but that's but it's worked, is a they changed the format to it's not East Conference versus West Conference anymore because the game got long. There's too many goals and uh, they tr- they tried the whole. Uh, they tried the whole captain versus captain thing where they select players and they draft players and they did that for an entire team. But then they switched over to too many games and one game to decide the winner of the, of the uh, all-star game. They started that a couple years ago with the division. So you have the central, the, the Metro, the Atlantic, the central and the Pacific. So you'd have team, you had all-star teams, rep, you had teams representing their division rather than their conference and that seemed to work it seemed to work it was three on three i think it was three periods of five or five to ten minutes each and the winner goes the winner advances and the winning team splits literally they they split a pot of a million dollars so everyone on the winning team gets a share of a million dollars i think it was i think the players i think the coaches get their share or is just i'm not sure if it's just the players but they get their share of a million dollars. So at least there's an incentive to win the game. Basketball, NBA has not, it, it, when, the Pro Bowl's useless now with the yeah. football thing. Yeah. And they had the fun, they had the fun skills competition. One thing I would like to see them bring back, I'd love to see them bring back. I don't know if you remember this, Dustin. Maybe you weren't into football back then, but they had the quarterbacks challenge. Oh yeah, I love the quarterbacks challenge. The quarterbacks challenge was so awesome. I want them to bring that back because they had the it always it always came down to two quarterbacks every year when I was growing up. It usually came down to John Elway 
and Dan Marino. Those are the two <laughs> la- those are the guys. Those are the guys who are the last quarterback surviving. I would love to see them bring back the quarterback competition. Right now, they have the goofy like the goofy games with the tug yeah. of war and the bench press and the dodgeball. It's just like, all right, yeah. Quinn Williams, great. You went to the Pro Bowl, but what's your purpose of being there? Oh, you're gonna play dodgeball. Yeah, you're not. You're not in the game. You're not affecting the game. Yeah, I remember Andre, and I think I remember Andre Reed had a tweet before the before the Pro Bowl saying, "Yeah, I was in the Pro Bowl. That's that's what it mattered." That's when pride mattered for your conference. You were representing your conference. You were selected to go to Hawaii. Yeah, it was great to have a free trip to Hawaii every year. Mm-hmm. But it was also a great thing because you were representing your conference. You were playing with the guys who were the best in your conference, and you were playing against the guys who were the best in their conference, and you won, and you had some pride in that. You had some pride. Now it's just Manning versus Eli versus yeah. Peyton because we got to give them something to do because we signed them to contracts and we need to entertain the crowd. And it's like, it's like it's not, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. And the NBA, NBA has lost the plot. Mm-hmm. NBA hasn't changed their format since, since basically the 1980s when they started the three-point contest, when they started the dunk contest. And yeah, they've been some really entertaining games over the years. The one all-star game I remember is 1988. Because I remember watching my first dunk contest. That's when that's when Jordan took off from the three from the free throw line. Yeah, and won that with a with a fifty. Won a dunk contest with a fifty. It was him. It was him head to head against Dominique Wilkins. And they were both the the dominant dunkers at the time. Oh yeah. And I I, I would say that yes, there were, I they, they, some some blame some blame lies at the feet of. LeBron James for not participating in the dunk contest. I think even Kobe Bryant participated in the dunk contest. Yes. I think he participated like one time, you know, because he yeah. was the other one that everybody was always – but but he did do it if memory serves. Yeah, because you don't have stars in the dunk contest anymore. You've got bench no. guys. you got guys who – yeah, you can do one thing. They can jump really high, and that's pretty much it. And that's, that's pretty yeah. much their utility in basketball. you got G-leaguer. Who's won the last two dunk contests? So, and you've got the prop and the props. I think also the when the props came about with with uh, Dwight Howard in the Superman costume, yeah, and Blake Griffin jumping over a car, and Nate Robinson jumping over Dwight Howard, yeah, and and that, I think that whole thing started with Cedric Sabalas dunking blindfolded in 1994. I want to say. Yeah, that would probably be. I would say that was probably that was probably right. I I don't yeah. know. I can't remember because I wasn't watching regularly back then. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see a dunk contest where it's just about the dunks, not about props, not about mm-hmm. not about guys from the G League who got called up by their team just to participate in in the in the in the dunk contest. I I, I want to see some more creativity without the props. Yeah, I want. I would love to see a windmill, like a between the legs windmill dunk. Um, on the three point contest, there's got to be some change. I, I think. I think Steph Curry and Steph Curry and Sabrina Inescu kind of set a precedent with their duel, mm-hmm. because that mean I would have to think that it'll be NBA versus WNBA, especially next next season. Next season. Oh yeah, Aitlin Clark. Yeah. Come, comes to play in the WNBA. Yeah, but don't worry. Jay Williams says she's not great, uh, you know. 
No, Jay Williams. No, it was Jay Williams who said she's not great until I think, I think he, I think he said he's. I can't remember the exact quote, but he did say he she's not great. I think she, he said she's not great until she wins a natty. Yep, yep, that's what he said. She's that, not great that. until she wins. And I and and you know what? It's going to dovetail little teaser, but it's going to dovetail. We're going to talk about that uh, something similar later in the show. There's plenty of greatness to be had. Even if you don't win a title, Jay Williams, we disagree with you. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it just is. It's the NBA, like you're saying, they do have to make some changes. Um, but, but to me, the common denominator in all the leagues, because I did watch uh, the NHL skills competition this year, and I liked, and I'm not sure if this is new, Ryan, because you're much more of an expert on all things NHL than I am. But they, I liked how they had, um, they basically had like a line, and if you didn't, uh, if you didn't. Um, if you didn't make the cut, so to speak, you got you got dropped. You got dropped from the uh, from the running. They had and yep. whoever whoever won the skills competition, it was based on a point system. And Mr. Yes. Connor McDavid, he he won it. He won it again. One of the announcers made the joke. He's like, people have taken to calling this the McDavid Invitational, but uh, I don't <laughs> think that's true. But um, all the different events, I liked. I liked the idea of the cutoff line, and I'm not sure how new that is because I don't remember that. Yeah, I, instead of individual competitions like the uh, the breakaway challenge, the accuracy, the accuracy part, uh, the accuracy uh, shot accuracy, the hardest slap shot, uh, all that stuff is now a, a singular effort. Rather than also, also some of the stick handling competition, and and fastest skater, that's all one person. That's all like single elimination, like single elimination, but a points elimination, and uh, like every player participates. It's not just a handful. Like one player, a couple mm -hmm. players from one team, doing uh, like three against three on uh, fastest skater or stick handling. It's just, it's just one. It's just yeah. Okay, we got eight players. And we're gonna have eight players do these particular contests, this particular battery of uh, battery of contest of of, of uh, skills competitions, and through a certain round, we're gonna eliminate players, and whoever wins, and actually whoever won, and Connor McDavid did it again uh, this year, whoever wins, you get a cool million dollars yeah. for yourself, straight so, up mill, <laughs> straight up hot million dollars. So yeah, I mean, I think the NBA can. I think the NBA should learn from this and reformat to to give some incentive. I mean, do something like the NHL does, like have your have a three on three tournament uh, between the divisions and winner take all, and winner take all, and whoever wins wins it gets to split a million dollars amongst themselves. The NBA's got to make it interesting. It is this format is this not no change to the format in almost forty years. It's get, it's getting stale, and now you've got an overinflated score, over two hundred points for the first time ever in a regulation game in the All Star game. I mean, something's got to give because you yeah. got to make the players. You got to give the players some incentive to play, mm -hmm. whether it be pride for your conference or pride for your division, or a cool mill, <laughs> you know, splitting a cool million dollars. 
the players got to have some sort of incentive to be there. And, you, and like I Scott, like Scott Van Pelt said in his tweet, if you don't care, then we don't care. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're going to pick where before we take our first commercial, well, only commercial break, uh, we're going to take a trip to the comments section. Uh, Sapna checking in sports ball. Jersey G checking in. Let's go. <laughs> Wise El Jefe saying hello, gentlemen. Sapna asks how Jersey G's going. Jersey G says it's going. Had to learn some sports ball stuff. And actually, Sapna has a great question. When will you guys have sports ball for dummies? It will help people like me. That's a great question. <laughs> you know what? I think I think uh, Ryan might have to get on that. I can contribute in some key spots, but if you listen to me, you'd be confusing Sam Weish with with. Uh, with with Frank Wycheck, it'd be it'd be just a a, a, a cavalcade of errors. <laughs> that's okay. That's one of the endear, that's one of the endearing things about this show is a cavalcade yeah. of errors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jersey G says, "I guess it's baseball time. I thought it was basketball and NASCAR time." Well, spring training started. Well, pitchers and catchers for baseball started last Wednesday, the fourteenth. The rest of the players showed up this week. So spring training starts this week. We'll having we're meaningful baseball doesn't really start until the end of next month. Yeah. So and we're gonna and we're gonna cover more baseball. Hopefully, if our if the Yankees keep our interest, we'll we'll cover <laughs> we'll can we'll cover baseball this year. Maybe we'll go back to the battle of the Bryans. Maybe we'll have a different battle this year for the Invader Coffee Cup. Oh yeah, I'll figure I'll figure something out. I'll I will will uh it will it'll have to be because you know it's like clockwork every baseball season some player like gets off to a ridiculously hot start and you're always like okay is this just a spring phenom or can they keep this going so we'll we'll uh I'll get on that I'll see I'll see what's cooking the first couple of weeks of the season we'll come up with yeah. something maybe we can we can do like rookies from last year. And we'll determine a point system, like, like some sort of system where we do the same thing like last year with the, the Battle of the Bryans, but we select two rookies from last year and we watch their progress throughout the season and we'll figure out who's the uh, who's the who's the uh, triple crown champion of the battle of those those guys. Yeah. Do something like that. All right. Yeah, that could work. All right. Jersey G says, like the show. Yes, Absolutely. And uh, Satna says, I never knew there was a Hall of Fame for sports ball. You learn something new every day. Indeed. We're here to help. Yes, we're, <laughs> we're here to help. We're here to help, Satna. <laughs> a Pizzle 90 says, McCoffee. What's up, A Pizzle? Uh, Jersey G says, hands up, being a lady mentioned here. Woot. Uh, Satna says, I know Quidditch. It's a type of sports ball. You need to get the golden snitch. It's worth 150 points. Oh man, I gotta I gotta educate myself on some some Quidditch here. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Uh Wonka the Sane checking in. Jersey G. Yeah, let's go. Eminem's car and March Madness basketball incoming. We'll suffer stick ball stats and we'll suffer stick ball stats until then. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm tempted to do a bracket, but I was I was I was texting a group of friends. Yesterday we talked about the All Star, the NBA All Star game, how ridiculously stupid it is, and how we really like none of us really pay attention to base basketball anymore. Yeah, and I was mentioning that I, I kind of loosely pay attention to the March Madness, but then some like 
like eight seed or nine seed always has this miracle run and it F's up my bracket. Uh, looking at you, Florida <laughs> Atlantic from last season, you know, they ruined my uh, my final four pick of San Diego State. That was my final, that was one of my final four picks from last year. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much going to do it for comments. So we'll take a quick commercial break. When we come back, I'll talk about the stadium. We'll talk about the stadium series in the NHL, and we'll do a, a long-awaited version of the list. So stay tuned to No Credentials Required. This episode of No Credentials Required is brought to you by Invader Coffee. For the coffee lover who wants good, quality coffee with no bullshit and no filler, Invader Coffee is an ultra-premium, veteran-owned coffee company proudly delivering only the best coffee your hard-earned money can buy. They aim to only serve the highest quality organic air-roasted coffee beans sourced from free trade farms all over the world. They keep things simple, the best coffee at an affordable price in order to provide you with the value you deserve for your morning boost. 100% fair trade, 100% organic coffee beans, 100% air-roasted, 100% money-back guarantee. Visit invadercoffee.com, enter promo code BELLYUP at checkout, and receive 15% off your order. That's right, folks. Once again, affiliate sponsor for No Credentials Acquired, Invader Coffee. I got a new order shipment in today, Dustin. I got myself the Don't Cali My Texas Blend. Can't wait to try it. I think I've, I think I've had it before, but... But it's a, it's a, it's it looks like a solid blend. It's a nice medium blend that I, I found. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I had the, uh, I, I still have my bad sin. I'm going through that. Yeah. <laughs> going through that. And, uh, bought one more pound before they discontinued it for the rest of the season. But go to the link in the description. That's our affiliate link. And not only do you help the show, <clears throat> excuse me. But you also help a veteran-owned coffee company down in Austin, Texas, to make outstanding coffee. It's great value. They air roast it, so there's none of that bitterness that you, it's, associated, it's usually associated with the with the coffee. That makes you put more sugar and put more creamer than you ought to, because it just adds extra calories. But I drink mine black. I know Dustin, you drink your bitter coffee black. So yes. yeah, I, I mean. I, I can't wait to try the, the Don't Cali My Texas Blend. Actually, no, there wasn't. Oh, actually, I know what I recently had. I had the Breaking Case of Emergency Blend. That's why I had too. Oh, see, that's yeah. See, I've had the Don't Cali My Texas Blend. It's a very good blend. And I've got there's there's cabinets in my kitchen. One of them is chock full of Invader coffee because I am still working on the Cookie Crumble, one of my favorite holiday blends. I also have Bad Santa. And I also have the War Horse Bacon Bourbon Blend. Um, that's more of a once-in-a-while treat for me. And I did get a, a bag myself of the Break in Case of Emergency Blend because I have not had that one yet. But I will attest the Don't Cali My Texas Blend is a good blend. I also love to get some K-Cups if you're back a K-Cup person. They're back in stock. Yep. Back in stock, I believe you can get the Mexican chocolate along with the Invader Blend, just the original blend. I like to pick up the Invader Blend uh, for myself sometimes at the office because, in my opinion, it is very much superior to the brand of coffee that we have at the office. I will keep them nameless, but they can't compete with Invader. And also, if you use our affiliate link and the promo code, 
you get a nice little discount. So give a great product a try. Use the discount. You won't be disappointed. That's right, folks. If you love your country, if you love supporting veteran-owned businesses, Invader Coffee is the way to go. Please visit link the link in the description and get your Invader Coffee today. And use promo code BellyUp for 15% off your order. All right, NHL Stadium Series. I got a chance to watch the Devils-Flyers game on Saturday night, and I was praying to God that Jack Hughes did not blow out his Achilles tendon on the field of MetLife Stadium. Uh, from what I understand, the, the atmosphere was electric. Uh, I wouldn't say, I would say probably about, I would say probably about 60-40 in favor of Devils fans because they had the, I mean, MetLife's a big stadium. MetLife Stadium's a big stadium. And I think it's, I think they they had about seventy thousand. Um, wow! In that stadium, yeah, yeah. I mean, they cut off one of the they had the that some parts of it was were under construction for the World Cup, uh, the World Cup final, uh, men's World Cup final, is going to be played at MetLife Stadium in two thousand twenty six. Uh, so they're doing some construction. They also had one of the end zones cartoned off for the Jonas Brothers concert that was happening before and during one of the intermissions, but. Uh, I, I was pleased. I was pleased with the result and the fact that New Jersey was being represented fairly, except for one thing, for one thing. And on the onset of the program, before they set to the face up, before they had the teams come out, before they faced off, before anything that happened, eight o'clock, ESPN, IABC rolls footage and they. Have Tommy Tommy DeVito, Tommy Cutlets come out and talk about New Jersey because he's from New Jersey. He played at he played at uh, uh, Bosco Prep, uh, one of the best one of the best football prep football programs in the state. I would say, arguably, I would arguably say the Northeast or the nation. He was talking about New Jersey and how this New Jersey's awesome. Talk about Taylor Ham sandwiches. Love me some Taylor Ham or some people. So, but some people call it Taylor pork roll. They're wrong. It's Taylor Ham. Um, but all of a sudden, you see, you see him, you hear him, and you see him talk about the Mark Messier guarantee, game six of 1994 Eastern Conference final. And you see Mark Messier say, Sorry, Jersey. I thought that was a slap <laughs> in the face, New Jersey Devils fans, because this night, this night was not about New York. Night was not about the guarantee. They could have showcased the three Stanley Cup titles the Devils won, the fact that they've been to more Stanley Cups since 1994, more Stanley Cup finals since 1994 than the New York Rangers have. So suck on that, Rangers fans. <laughs> no, they showcased the guarantee in the 1994 Eastern Conference Finals Stanley Cup, Eastern Conference Final uh, with Mark, Game Six, Mark Messier's guarantee. And it's like. Guys, read the room. Like, save that for save that for the next day when the Rangers are playing the Islanders. Don't save it for the first night when the Devils are hosting, and it's in their state. They're hosting in a a division rival, Philadelphia Flyers. Save that for the next day. They should have been more about the New Jersey Devils for this particular program for this particular production, but ESPN. Because Mark Messier is an analyst, mm. has to slap the, has to put totally bone New Jersey Devils fans and say, "Oh, New Jersey's all about the Mark Messier guarantee." It isn't. It isn't. 
I'm sorry. I, I mean, sorry, Rangers fan, but it is what it is. New Jersey Devils have had better have had a better history since they beat the Devils in game six in seven games in that Eastern Conference final to go on to the Stanley Cup. Five Stanley Cup appearances, Stanley Cup final appearances, three wins compared to one Stanley Cup appearance since 1994 for the Rangers. And they haven't won one since. So it's like ESPN, read the room, you jerks. Come on. I will say now I didn't see I didn't see that, but as a a Devils fan, do you think because I will color myself, I will I will cover color myself among one of these people, and your your esteem of me may go down. I may no longer be the co-host of this show after I say this statement. But do you think that some of people's I don't know how to say it, but resentment of the devils or or not acknowledging their success is because of the system that they used, the trap system that they used um, during those during those Stanley Cup runs or the, their successful era. Because I know a lot of people had a lot of hate for the trap system, and do you think there's like some some resentment being like, oh, that's not that's not the right way to win, quote unquote, or that's a cheap, you know, is is some of that to blame or is it just that the Rangers are assumed to be much more popular uh, than the, than the devils? I mean, what do you think it is? Ladies and gentlemen, this is, this is Dustin Henry's last appearance. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I I think part of it is the hatred towards the New Jersey devils because for so, because for those three Stanley cups and yes, this is an, this is an era where, yeah, you, you had to use, particular particular tactics Mm. to slow down the much more superior uh, offensively talented players look i i yarmy yager had his number retired by the pittsburgh penguins on sunday and i john bucci love that dude oh yeah he's the man from the four letter network he put out he, he had some compilation somebody either he or somebody on his team put together a compilation of what yarmy yager was doing during that era where guys are clutching at him, they're hooking him, they're slashing him, trying to get trying to slow him down. But Yarmar Yager was in his prime in that era, amidst all that stuff, all those tactics, he was still scoring a hundred points a season. Oh, yeah. He was still scoring 50 goals a year. He was one of the most offensively talented players of European descent that you've ever seen. And for that era, yes, yeah, absolutely. The Devils were hated because they were because you would just hear them people say, "Oh, they they're they're a system team. They rely on their defense too much. They rely on their goaltending too much." Yeah, because that's the day you those are the days you had to that you had to do that kind of thing in order to win. And by the way, those three Stanley Cups were with three different coaches with three different uh, three different totally different. Styles of coaching. Uh, Jacques Lemaire, yes, he employed the neutral zone trap. But guess who else did? The Florida Panthers. Mm-hmm. In, in a sense, the Detroit Red Wings had their system with a torpe- the torpedo the torpedo system where they had the five Russians on the the five Russian teammates on the ice at the same time. Uh between was it Fedorov was it Fedorov, Ozalinch, Kozlov, Konstantinov, and uh Fatisov. 
who should have won a Stanley Cup in 95 with the Devils. Unfortunately, Lula Murillo shipped him off to Detroit, the trade deadline for Sean Chambers. But Larry Robinson, they had the A-line with Sakura, Eliash, and Jason Ar- Jason Arnott, and they were, they were one of the highest scoring lines in, in hockey at that time. And yes, they had a great back line with Ken Danico, Scott Stevens, Colin White, Bruce Driver, like all those guys in the back line. Yeah, yeah. and they helped out their goalie. Martin Berdour, who went mm-hmm. up with the most wins in NHL history. 2003, Pat Burns employed, yes, a, diff, a very disciplined type system, but they would score. I mean, game one in the Stanley Cup final in, in 2003. No, I thought it was I'm sorry. That was 2000. That was 2000. They, or they scored seven goals in the first game of the Stanley Cup final. But 2003, there were times when you'd see the goal, Devils score three, four goals in a game. Or if they go up 2 nothing, they just clamp it down and yeah. Martin Berdour make the saves if he needed to. So, yeah, I mean, haters got to hate, but it, it, you can't argue the success that the Devils had way mm-hmm. back in the day. And people still associate Devils with boring hockey. You don't have to do that anymore. Look at the team they have right now. They have Jack Hughes as a perennial all-star who I'm hoping, well, I don't think he'll reach 100 points this season. He's got, got to catch, he's got to like catch it up to do because he was just injured. Jesper Bratt, a former sixth-round pick who is one of the leading scorers of the team and was and was an all-star this year for the first time. Timo Meyer, who they picked up the trade de- who they picked up at the trade deadline. Nico Heischer, a-, a perennial Selkie Trophy candidate who's who is not only good defensively, but if you watch the game on Saturday, he scored 32 seconds into the game. One up with three points was the first star of the game. So you can't associate this team with boring hockey. I don't think you can associate any team in the NHL with with boring hockey anymore because yeah. because they've made the rules such as such to make the game more offensive, mm-hmm. more goals per game. The goals goal totals have gone up since two thousand six since the two thousand five two thousand six season when they implemented these rules. So, yes, back then you could say the Devils were boring. Not now. And I guess you said you can't associate and you can't associate boring hockey with the Devils anymore because you can't associate boring hockey with any team whatsoever. And going back to your point about the, the Rangers, Rangers popularity, yes, the Rangers have been in that area longer. They've had a, a fan base longer. You could also also argue the Islanders have also had a longer a longer tenure because they've been a lot, around longer than the Devils. Yeah, there's no denying that. The New Jersey Devils fan base is growing. I grew up watching the Devils. I grew up watching the Devils because I'm originally from New Jersey. That's where I was born. Mm-hmm. And when I moved up here in eighty, when I moved up here in '85, I didn't really start watching hockey until until the '88 season, when they went on that run. They beat the Islanders and they beat Washington, in the Patrick Division Final. And they took the Boston, the, the big bad Boston Bruins, to seven games in the Eastern Conference Final. So that's, that got me into hockey. That got me into watching hockey. I've been a Devils fan ever since. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, to, to a point, yes, you can argue you can argue about the Rangers' popularity. That's why they put Mark Messier in that lead-up to the to the uh, that bumper that led up to the game. Yeah. But the Devils are a popular team in New Jersey. Their mm-hmm. fan base is growing. You shouldn't have done that, ESPN. 
Oh, I yeah, you. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you for the most part. I was just curious as to if you thought that at uh, any of the reasons what could be behind it. But, you know, I think I think uh, you've explained it very well, sir. You've explained it very well. <laughs> I, I, I apologize if I went on a little bit of a long winded no. reasoning, but I mean, this that's, is our that's show. We I can feel. do whatever. <laughs> yeah exactly i mean that's that's the way i feel that's that's mm -hmm. my it's my team you, you shouldn't have done that to my team yeah now i don't expect, to, I don't expect an apology from the mickey mouse network uh, <laughs> yes oh, you're gonna get getting... one you're gonna get one personally from from uh mark messier himself you know yeah <laughs> whatever don't care i, I said what i said mm -hmm. deal with it all right we have not done this in a while dustin but it's time to break out the list. You just made the list! Oh my gosh. That's still one of my favorite bumpers you've done. <laughs> <laughs> I started laughing before you even played it. You did, you did. You were, you were holding it back. I was giddy with anticipation. <laughs> <laughs> so this highly anticipated version of the list... We're gonna we're gonna talk about the uh, no now yes NFL season has ended Super Bowl was last week the psyop is complete I mean I mean um oh, I don't have a gun to my head um there's no red dot here uh, <laughs> uh we're gonna talk about the top NFL quarterbacks who never won a Super Bowl now we're not talking about players who were pre Super Bowl era we're talking about players who played in the Super Bowl era. So from about 1967 onward, we're talking about those quarterbacks. We're talking about the quarterbacks who never won a Super Bowl. There are plenty, plenty from the era we grew up in, Dustin. So uh, we kind of went through it a couple weeks ago before we uh, decided to talk about the playoffs and the championship games and the Super Bowl and what we're looking forward to for the Super Bowl. But let's go over some quarterbacks in our mind that we can remember that never won a Super Bowl. I'll start with you. Well, for me, the first the first pick that rockets to mind, and there and there's more than you think. Once we started going back and forth, I was like, man, there's a there's a lot of talent. But the first name that comes to mind for me is Dan Marino. Mm -hmm. Dan Marino, you know, I know you are you are up close and personal with his greatness, having to deal with him as a Jets fan for many years, uh, but. Dan Marino is he's he's close to the top of that list for me. He he had all the all the talent, all the talent to uh you would think that he was going to he was going to win a Super Bowl and um you know, it was either in a 30 for 30, the Elway to Marino 30 for 30 that I watched yep. or mm -hmm. his episode of Football Life or something else that I watched uh, um where he said, you know, when you're young, you think Oh, we're definitely going to be back. We have the talent. We're going to be back. We've got good mm -hmm. receivers. We've got a good defense. We've got, you know, we've got some talent. I, I will be back. He never made it back. They never made it back in spite of all his talent. And there are people out there, and I don't think they're, I don't think they're too out of their depth. Uh, some people regard him as one of the best raw quarterbacks to come out. And, and, you know, some of his records have been since been broken, but I think Dan Marino would have would have destroyed the modern NFL 
with the with some of the rule changes that benefit the passing game and some of the some of the legislation quote unquote of defense out of the game Dan Marino would have been ridiculous in in this era um so he he's he's at the top of the list for me as far as a quarterback with with that that is one of the greatest to have never won a a Super Bowl ring yeah yeah Dan Marino I mean I had to I mean, there's a couple of quarterbacks on this on this list that I had to endure, uh, who through my football watching years uh, during the '80s and the '90s that tortured me as a Jets fan. But you know, it was kind of it, it kind of I wouldn't say it, it. I'll say it's in a very twisted way. It, it did give me pleasure not seeing them win Super Bowls. Like yeah. uh, my mom will attest this. And, Hi, mom. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> oh, and dad too. Um, she loved when she loved whenever whenever the Dolphins played anyone, and he was given he was harassed and he would throw interceptions or he throw in completions or his receiver didn't run the right route or anything, he would pout. He would literally <laughs> pout. My mom just my mom took twisted pleasure in seeing him pout. <laughs> yes, especially if the Jets or the Bills or the Giants played him. So, so yeah, I mean. I the thing that tortures me to this day is the fact that the Jets didn't take Marino three spots ahead in that 1983 draft. It took Ken O'Brien instead, and Ken O'Brien had a decent career. I think he's the he's the leader in passing efficiency for the Jets all time. I believe he's also the passing touchdowns leader and yardage leader. Or although Jordan Smith could Jordan Smith could be the could be the leader, the passing uh, yards leader for that team. And he did it in less games per year. Um, but the fact the Jets were not inclined to take Dan Marino because of the rumors that he was a coke addict or he took yeah. steroids or all those unfounded drug rumors. And you, and, you, and he talked about it in in that document, in that ESPN 30 for 30. Yeah. I think Jim, Jim Covert, who was his offensive lineman in college, said, yeah, you never – he never did that. Yeah, he's like, I was his roommate. He didn't Dan yeah. didn't do anything, you know. No, Dan Dan's thing was football and classes. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. During that time. You know, maybe hit maybe a lady or two in, in the dorm room too, but you know, it's just college. But yeah. No, there's something, but there's something about that 83 uh that 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 83 draft because your Jets, they did not take Marino. Well, my Seattle Seahawks did not take John Elway. And supposedly, if in that thirty for thirty, his his agent says there was real interest. John Elway, he famously did not want to go to Baltimore, and he caused you know he he nope. caused all the stir. But he says right in that documentary, he said I would have loved to gone to Seattle. He's like I was interested in going to the Seahawks, and I and, and no disrespect to Kurt Warner because I believe that's who they took uh, yep, they with, did. The, with the pick there from Penn but, State. Uh, Man, we could have had John Elway. <laughs> well, I, if you remember that documentary, George Steinbrenner had John Elway lined up for the yeah, 1985 for the New York Yankees roster. He was going to play, I think, second base or right field. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't either. I can't remember the uh, um, the the name, but he said Don Manley was in that lineup too. Don Manley was in that lineup, and at the time. I think during the summer he was playing double A ball with the Oneonta Yankees. Mm -hmm. uh, John Elway did so that you could do that back. I guess you could do that back then, or he was getting ready to play with them. Um, 
in that season. But yeah, he says he's like, I'm not playing Baltimore. I'm gonna play baseball at the Yankees. And I had I had a former coworker at another job. Now he hated he hated John Elway, not because he was a Raiders fan per se, mm-hmm. but for the fact that John Elway would have been a New York Yankee if he didn't play for the Baltimore Colts. Uh, okay. Then he got traded, and he's like, I hate John Elway. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's also one of a uh, one of uh, one of my friends who was at the Super Bowl party. Uh, he he dislikes John Elway with quite a passion, and I've never really understood why. Because he's a Dolphins fan. I don't know why he hates John Elway, but he does. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why either. You ask him about it, John Elway, not so, and and John Fox. He didn't like John Fox either. Despises both of them. I don't know why. I don't know why. Your friend's a rational hatred person. (laughs) Confusing. So sticking with the eighty-three draft, another guy who, another top NFL quarterback who never won a Super Bowl, went to four consecutive Super Bowls. Jim Kelly. And in that documentary, remember that doc? We're going, we're going back. We're doing recall to that documentary, that thirty yeah. for thirty. Yeah. He he he. I remember him saying in that interview, he said he said, you know, one thing I I I avoided that TV. I avoided that TV throughout the day because I didn't want to get that phone call. I didn't want to get that phone call saying that I wanted to go to the Buffalo Bills. I didn't want want to go to the Buffalo Bills. They had a pick earlier. They took someone else. And it was like, oh, thank God, I didn't not go into Buffalo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's the phone call from the Buffalo Bills saying, yeah, we selected you. I can't remember the exact order. I think they selected him 13th or 14th overall. Yeah, something like that. He was like, why do I have to go to Buffalo? So he went up going to the USFL instead. Yeah. Houston Gamblers owned his rights. Mm -hmm. And he played there for for 83. 84 and 85 he played for them. Yeah, I was going to say, when, I think he played for a couple of years there. Yeah, and he was supposed to be a New Jersey – he was supposed to be a New Jersey general. They were going to – the gamblers and the generals, fun fact here, going, going full nerd on you, but the Houston gamblers and the New Jersey generals, Trump, Donald Trump, who was the owner of the generals, was going to – I guess he, they were going to do a dispersal draft, and he was going to take Jim Kelly, and he's going to play for the New Jersey generals. But then that whole lawsuit came about against the with the antitrust lawsuit. The NFL came about, and they only got three dollars and seventy six cents out of that lawsuit because of all the law fees, because of all the fees they had to pay, and because half the league was actually I don't say half the league, 95 percent of the league was broke, except for him and another owner, and they dissolved. And he and and Jim Kelly went to the Bills anyway, played mm-hmm. for them in eighty, started playing for them in eighty five up until I think. Was it 1999 was his last season, I want to say, or 1998? Yeah. So he had a career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because because who who took over for him? Ironically enough, who took over for him in Buffalo? It was Doug Flutie. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> who started his professional career with the New Jersey Generals. <laughs> yeah, and remember that Remember that uh, controversy? It was, uh, are, oh, are they going to go with Rob Johnson or Doug Flutie? Should have oh. went with Flutie. Should have went with Flutie. Flutie. That's Wade Phillips as a head coach. <laughs> Wade Phillips sucks as a head coach. Yeah, Should've yeah. Stayed. See, there's a reason why we talk about this program. How certain certain head coaches usually just stayed coordinators, and mm-hmm. Wade Phillips is one of those guys. Yeah. Great coordinator, terrible head coach. <laughs> so, continuing on the list of names, uh, 
I mean, Doug Flutie is, is certainly another quarterback, NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's certainly on that list for a guy who's never won a Super Bowl. Another guy on that list, Warren Moon. Although, yes, although both those quarterbacks won great cups with the CFL. CFL. That's what I was going to say. That that's why a lot of people, a lot of people tend to discount Warren Moon's greatness, and and Doug Flutie's. I mean, Doug Flutie. Use the CFL to get back to the NFL, you know, because the CFL, the CFL, and he, he was, he was very uh, frank about it. He said that the CFL fit his play style better. He said there were some rule, rule differences in the CFL that felt like they, they suited his game better. And he said, I'm going to do the, he, I loved playing in the CFL. He was very complimentary about his time there. He said, mm-hmm. I love playing for the, 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 the league, and, and uh, they had great fans and everything. But he said, ultimately, yeah. the goal, I knew if, NFL, and if, if an NFL team called, I wanted to get back there. And the same thing with Warren Moon. Warren Moon, yeah. people discount him all the time. He was phenomenal in the CFL. He was absolutely great. And, you know, he – I remember, I remember uh, Warren Moon when they when the when he came back to the NFL. I think he played for the let's see the Seahawks, the Vikings. I'm trying to think of some of the other teams. The Oilers. He, oh yeah, the Oilers. The Oilers. That's that's where we know most of his NFL time from. At least that's what I mostly remember. Uh, but I remember thinking that Warren Moon, even at his advanced age at the time, the Seahawks are trying to start John Kitna. And I'm like, no, put Warren Moon in there. Get Warren Moon going, you know. <laughs> Warren Moon's the man. I love Warren Moon. Yeah, and, well, there's another reason why Warren Moon started his career in these CFLs, because back then, yeah, back then, black quarterbacks were not considered and considered to be smart and I'm this is this is what was this is the stories have been told to me I'm not saying yes. this to yeah. be to be inflammatory or racist but NFL owners and GMs didn't consider black quarterbacks to be smart enough for the position yeah which is a horrible yeah. thing to say yeah and that's why a lot of black quarterbacks went to the CFL and had so much success Warren Moon being one of those guys he won I think it was either four or five consecutive gray cups with the Edmonton, well, then Edmonton Eskimos are now known as the Edmonton Elks. That's another story. That's another podcast for another day. But he had so much success. He he split time uh, with I can't remember his I can't remember the quarterback Wilkin, Tom, Wilkinson uh, Tom Wilkinson, uh, who was another Edmonton Eskimos uh, quarterback uh, who had a lot of success in there. But he Warren Moon was considered his heir apparent and led them to four consecutive great cups. Then he signed with Houston and his NFL career took off. Mm-hmm. His NFL career took off. And with Doug Flutie, he won a pair of great cups. He won, won a couple of great cups. He didn't win one in BC, but he won one in, he won, he won one in Calgary. And I think he won two consecutive great cups with the Toronto Argonauts. And fun fact, Doug Flutie, he was the losing quarterback on the 1995 Great Cup team, which was the only Great Cup won by a team based in the United States of America. I don't know if you've ever seen me wore the T-shirt around, Dustin, but I had the Baltimore Stallions 1995 Great Cup Champions T-shirt. Oh, man. <laughs> I haven't seen that from, one. From Royal, from Royal Retros. I'll have to wear it sometime. Yeah. But, I mean, we'll continue with some of the other quarterbacks. Steve McNair. 
Oh, yeah. Never, went, went to one Super Bowl, never went back. Randall Cunningham, never yes. won a Super Bowl. Gotta uh, talk about Randall. I mean, and and this yeah. is the th- this is the thing. And I hope I hope this common theme, you know, obviously Ryan and I are sitting here, we're basically telling you with some of these quarterbacks on this list, that whole school of thought by those owners back at that time, uh woefully stupid. And, and and a dumb thing. Obviously, there are many, many quarterbacks, uh, many, many black quarterbacks who can play this game at a high level and and uh, extremely high level. And we've got we've got plenty in the game today, as a matter of fact. Yep. So I'm glad that Warren Moon and uh, other trailblazers like that, Doug Williams, he did win a Super Bowl. So that's why he's he not did. on this list. First, the first uh, black quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Yes, but the, the trailblazers like that. Well, as a, as a starter, as a as a starter, there was a, yes. there was a black quarterback. I believe it was Jackie Harris, who was a backup quarterback for uh, Terry Bradshaw for three of the Steelers teams. Oh man, there's one other. There's one other quarterback we're leaving off this list. Michael Vick. Yeah, Michael Vick is a perfect example. That was one, you know. And this is this is. Uh, this is kind of on me because you're the one that said Michael Vick and I, yeah, I did. (laughs) I didn't even No, It didn't even occur to me. And it's almost because Michael Vick, Mm -hmm. if you were, if you were around when he was playing for Virginia tech and then, and then when he was young with the Atlanta Falcons, I kind of put Michael Vick in another stratosphere, you know, like Mm -hmm. it just, you, you, it's not that you forget that he's a quarterback, but he could do so many things that not a lot of quarterbacks could do. He had it all. He had it all. He had, he had, he, he was like Lamar Jackson before Lamar Jackson. And I would say, don't hate me people in the comments, but I would say Michael Vick had a superior arm to than Lamar Jackson. I would agree. I I, I agree. Totally Michael agree. Vick could throw a beautiful deep ball. You know, he I can remember Michael Vick, he was the guy. There was this old video that came out back in the day when the internet was like more prominent than it had been when it first came out in the in the early 90s, but it wasn't prominent the way it was today in video editing where you're questioning everything. But there's a video showing Michael Vick throwing a ball out of the stadium and and you're like the power commercial i think yeah you're like wait i think that's edited but like is this real you know like like he he's such an otherworldly talent that you're like pretty sure that's edited but did he actually do that (laughs) i got it i got it oh there we go there we go all right i got it well, I, I it's power aid. Sorry, not power ball. Power aid. Oh, power aid. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize you said power ball. Yolanda Vega, big fan of the show. Credhead, <laughs> big fan of the show. Yeah, Yolanda. <laughs> hope you're hope you're tuned in. Leave a review or a like if you can. All right, let me bring up let me bring up that commercial. Share screen. Michael Vick, power aid. Boom. That's Michael Vick, right there, number seven. Oh, baby, man, he blows both in that dude's chest. I told you, man. Look at that. Oh, no, no, that's crazy. That is crazy. He didn't do that. See, that's the thing. I mean, you know, obviously, the guy's. 
the guy's getting hit with the stomach, but you look at that throw yeah. and you're like, did he do that? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's just I, it, crazy for that time it was crazy special effects, but yeah, yeah. I mean, Michael Vick, man, if he didn't have that dog, mm -hmm. that pit bull fighting ring, that dude could have been one of the greats. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, honestly, we saw a glimpse of it when he came back and, and the Eagles took a chance on him and um, he had some of his best seasons when he was under the tutelage of Andy Reed, you know? So it, it's uh, he was, he was an absolute phenom. And I know I didn't see this man play, but there's a lot of fans that are going to come after me if I don't mention them. So I'm going to, Dan Fouts is another is another quarterback who a lot of people mention as one of the greatest quarterbacks to never win a a championship. So you got it got it for the San Diego Charger fans out there. He's throwing he's throwing passes to Kellen Williams senior. I got to make sure I, I say senior on that yep. one. Um, yep. But uh, yeah, a lot of people have a lot of great things to say about Dan Fouts. Like I said, I can't attest to it personally because I didn't see him play. But he is a name that constantly comes up. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, some of these quarterbacks with the greatness they had. I mean, some of them are in the Hall of Fame. Jim Kelly's in the Hall of Fame. Dan Marino, yeah. Hall of Fame. I believe Dan Fouts is in the Hall of Fame too. Randall Cunningham certainly deserve if he's not there deserves. To be yeah, in the Hall he of Fame. deserves to be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Reynold Cunningham set the tone, was was the catalyst for the quarterbacks like Michael Vick and mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts. And some of the guys like today, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, who arguably, yeah, his career's been a little bit star-crossed, but look, look, much, look at the talent he didn't have around him as of his first in his first three seasons with the Bears. Yeah. And he had to run around the field and had to, you know, run around the field and make all his mistakes, and now he's essentially i would say trade bait at this point but hopefully he rebounds and he yeah. ends up with a with a great career patrick mahomes one of those guys i mean mm -hmm. he's bi he's he's biracial but guess what he, he's still he's he's still one he is well back-to-back I mean, -back champ three super bowls yeah greatness right there's some greatness right there all right so we're going to close things up with one last trip to the comment section jersey g coming at me saying it's pork roll I'm not wrong. That's the product name. Taylor Ham is the brand name. You know I'm technically correct. <laughs> I hope that I she is shaking this. her fist like you are right now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she did when she before she wrote that comment. It's park roll. Look, I, I just I just like to get her jimmies up because I like to say that it's Taylor Ham. It's park roll. I'm much more of a rum ham fan myself. <laughs> <laughs> rum ham i'm sorry rum ham <laughs> one of the best episodes of, of, of uh always sunny oh yeah uh, Sap sapna says i will give more quidditch game information next time yay then say how harry potter won the first game lol yes three points jersey for gryffindor <laughs> yes jersey g devils that's right go devils uh chelsea says wait dan is like the goat He's in I mean, terms of stats, yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he pretty much set the 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 NFL on fire with all his passing stats before a certain quarterback from the University of Michigan, sixth round pick, uh, former and former and former draft pick of the Montreal Expos came into the league. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, also Drew Drew Brees too. Although yeah, Drew won- Brees. Yeah. I'm waiting for the first Saints fan to say, "What about Archie Manning? Wasn't yeah. he one of the greatest ones to want win a Super Bowl?" Yeah. I I somehow doubt that is that a Saints fan is going to have the accent that you just gave them. <laughs> I, I got to find a mix of like Edith Bunker and Cajun. I, I don't have one. Blanco <laughs> oh, Lestain said, I would love to put a Seahawk quarterback on this list. Yeah, just can't do it. Can't, do it. can't even include any, any current hometown Bengals. Sorry, Boomer. Yeah, Boomer Esiason was a flash in the pan for like a season or two before he went to the Jets. And he had a good season in 93 or 94. But, uh, I mean, I, th- th- I can't think of any other. I mean, in 88 when he went to the Super Bowl with the Bengals. But other other than that, you know, I can't really think of anything. And by the way, yeah. Boomer Sison, you're a total turd for saying the CFL is a beer. <laughs> All right? Total turd. It's not a beer league. It's not a glorified beer league. It's a legit no. league. You're yeah. just. You're just a moron who doesn't who thinks the NFL is. Like, <laughs> oh man! I want yeah. to see. I'll just. I love to hear him say this. I want to sit him sit him in front of a TV and just say, "Watch the CFL with me." It is not a glorified beer league. It is I, I was. I, I have fun watching it. I have fun watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, I might have a social a project coming down the road with a certain snowman covering Ooh. the CFL for next season. So yeah. Stay tuned for that for that announcement. Uh, Drew Willingham, D. Willie, friend of the show, saying what's oh, up, yeah. fellas. Uh, he also says uh, about your about uh, just a certain Dolphins fan. Uh, maybe he despises people to name John. <laughs> I don't know. I don't no know. way, I'll John Fox. Him. I'll have to ask him. He was at he was at the Super Bowl party. I should have asked him. Wonka <laughs> the Stain chiming in. Moon fantasy stats: three hundred fifty yards per yeah. game and zero TDs. Discounted. LOL. Love the Seattle-based radio show. Yeah. 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 But moon, he's, Warren Moon, one of those guys. Yeah. No, I, I, I still – I mean, he's a he's a good quarterback for sure. Uh, to me, a great one. But there was there was something he did with one of his grandsons. He's making cookies on a football life, uh, his football life. And I get it. Marshawn Lynch was in Seattle at the time. He's making chocolate chip cookies and putting Skittles in them. And I was like, we can't be doing this, Warren. We <laughs> we can't be doing this. <laughs> no. It'll, I'm sorry. Fruit-flavored candies and chocolate chips do not go together. Uh, they right. do not. They do not. But I think his and, grandson picked, you know, you know, it was a it was a it was meant to be a heartwarming moment, but all I could focus on was I would not eat those cookies. No, I would get di- I would get instant diabetes. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. last comment of the night goes to Jersey D, who says she was shaking her fist when I said Taylor Ham and not Taylor Port. <laughs> All right, we're gonna end things here for this edition of No Credentials Required. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to go to our social channels on here below, down here below: Twitter, Instagram, and the scarcely used TikTok. It's at No Creds Req. Facebook.com forward slash. No creds REQ, youtube.com forward slash at no creds REQ. And as always, please do us a favor and like, comment, share, and subscribe to all of our social media channels. And speaking of the po- of subscribe, subscribe to the podcast wherever you podcast. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Good Pods, wherever you podcast, rate and review. 
five-star rating would be helpful. A review would be super helpful too because that means more people will notice this podcast and subscribe and hopefully listen listen and subscribe. And whether you watch or watching live tonight, uh, a Tuesday at approximately 9.24 p.m. Eastern Time, or you're watching a replay on the No Connectors Required YouTube channel or Twitter or Facebook, or you're watching tomorrow, 8 a.m. Eastern, on the Rum- on our Rumble channel or the Belly Up Sports YouTube page, please engage with the show. Leave a comment. We would love to ha- interact with you. And, yeah, thanks for, yeah, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. And as always, you've been tuned in to No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We are presented by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. For Dustin Henry, I'm Ryan McCarthy, and we'll talk to you next time. Good night, everybody. Don Magley in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Do it, do it, do it. Need to correct this injustice. Yes, this injustice must be corrected. <laughs>